Good morning, Colleen Hunt, Gluten-Free Gold, based in the Lake of Panama. And it is the day after market, and usually that's the day that I post. And usually, as always, I have the washing machine in the back going on. Everyone, well, mostly everyone down here has their washer outside the house on the back patio. And I thought that was really strange, and now it just makes makes sense if it causes a mess then it just flows off the patio and into the yard I was looking at the the analytics for my uh, for the people that uh, listen to me ramble on and it's an even 22% between three groups ranging from 27 to 44 and then it jumps another 11 percent from the 45 to 59 and I'm wondering if it's people that I remember when I woke up and realized I was 50 and it really pissed me off a because I thought I was turning 49 and I had missed a total year and I was turning 50 and I was thinking about it because this this is the type of of uh, environment that I, I I have always lived in is like I'm 50, so do I want to continue doing what I'm doing for the next 15 years, or do I want to find something else to do? Because 15 years is a long time. And I had been uh, for about 12 years, 13 years then, working, been working as a uh, instrumentation tech. Basically, the jobs that I've been getting were a shift maintenance person for production facilities. I worked for uh, research companies, uh, Smith and Nephew. Uh, and there was West Dame in uh, Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. And there was a uh, solar panel uh, company in Detroit. And yeah, it was just, uh, there was a cardboard production, recycling production plant in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. But I, I had been doing a job that paid really good money. I went to school for it for three or four years. I went to school and I got the job. And I was really good at the mechanical. But I sucked w when it came to the electronics. And I had a very healthy appreciation and fear of the electrical because we were always constantly um, upgraded in our training. And in our training, they would show us videos of if you did something wrong, this is how it explodes in your face and kills you. So every day that I went to work, I had this very healthy fear that I was going to die every day for 12 years because I was going to do something wrong 
make a mistake, uh, touch the wrong thing. I worked with, I think the highest was 42,000 volts. So I'd have my, my um, hands in these panels that were live and, and it just, uh, sweat, sweat would just start pouring down under my arms. I'd be in coveralls and, and it would just, uh, my hands would be shaking. It, not, not a great, great thing. And I took my electronics classes oh, three times before I could pass because electronics is logical and I'm not a logical person. So, yeah, so when I woke up when I was 50, it was like, um, there definitely has to be more to life than, than living in fear. It was great as far as, what are you doing, dog? It was great as far as, move, move. Sorry. It was great as far as pay was going. I was paid well. But the fear of my job and, and um, it was just getting to me and I wasn't happy anymore. I was filling the void with things. Uh, the marriage had, at that point had something to do with it and the jobs had something to do with it but it was I wasn't looking forward to getting up in the morning and life is too short and I've seen too many people live live that that they they just go through the motions because the benefits are the roof over the head and the food on the table and, and stuff like that. And I wanted, I wanted more. I wanted to have a purpose. I wanted to uh, enjoy what I did. I wanted to have it so that it didn't feel like work. So I started looking at my options and at this time, the company we were working for had given us two years notice that they were going to be closing the the site. And uh, so I was one of the people that was uh, assisting in uh, terminating different pieces of equipment and shipping them to England or wherever the company deemed that they wanted them to go. Sometimes they were selling the, the pieces to other people and we were packaging them up and my boss was the one that was going with the equipment to make sure it was installed correctly. So I had two years to research and, and I did lists of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And then for a year I researched, well, how can you make a living at that? And for me, I originally started out as I wanted to sell vegetables in a farmer's market because I really like gardening. I, I, I'm the type of person that I had three huge gardens by the time I left, uh, 50 feet by 100 feet. Uh, we did them all by hand. And... I, if I saw a weed, I'd start weeding no matter, I would get distracted like squirrel. 
and I'd start weeding, and then before I knew it, two, three hours would go away, but my my whole body would be relaxed. My soul would be just so happy playing in the dirt. So that's what I was originally going to do, is uh, sell stuff. But I didn't realize that the Hutterite families in Alberta <coughs> had that market with families that big they were able to and free labor they were able to easily outdo me in the vegetable market so what i had been doing was i got a couple of my uh, favorite recipes and i started selling them along with the vegetables or with the spring flowers just to have an income coming in and my baking was well received but you don't understand i started baking when i was four and at Christmas, we used to give out baskets to people. And I'd have pickles and jams and jellies and baked goods and chocolates and stuff like that. And that's what we gave for people for Christmas gifts. Uh, and then for a couple of years before I turned 50, people were telling me, do you realize the worth of those gifts that you're giving us? I said, no, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just pickles and stuff. We can't afford big gifts. They go, that's a huge gift. Have you been to a farmer's market? No, I haven't. Well, I'll tell you, that was uh, one of our bosses. I'll tell you how much that basket's worth. And he's, he, he was, he was, it, when he told me, it, it just shocked me. But then there's that, that imposter syndrome that sets in. Well, no one would, would want to pay money for my products. It's one thing to get them free as a gift. It's another thing for a person to put their, their hand in their pocket or a hand in their wallet, in their purse, and take money out and exchange it for something that I made. And I remember that so vividly. So the first market, I had some baked goods and some flowers, and it turned out that people really enjoyed the baked goods. So I started doing that, and then... <clears throat> I had some customers that suggested, well, do you do you do pickles or canning? Because that's something that you can take to market, and if you don't sell it, you could take back. And the longer you have it, the, the better it is as far as pickles go. So I started doing pickles. By three-quarters through the first year, someone had asked me if I would do um, gluten-free and they were very persistent and I said yeah I'd give it a try and I asked them to tell me what gluten-free was and they told me I said oh like the keto diet no not the keto what was it oh I forget anyways like this diet, and I mentioned the diet, and they go, yeah. I said, okay, I got a recipe book that I made up from recipes when we were on that Atkins, when we were on that res that uh, diet, and I'll try a couple of them. So I tried a couple of them, and they were well-received. Well that was like September, August, September, and I started in May. By October, November, 80% of my baking was gluten-free. I was the first person to sell out at most of the markets that I went to, um, especially if it was a vendor market, because all the vendors would come because they couldn't find anything at the halls that the Christmas markets were at that had anything that was gluten-free. 
And by then I had started uh, really getting into the canning. And January, January to March, April is citrus season in Canada. Everything coming up from Florida. So I started doing marmalades and jellies. And since I didn't have the time needed for working on the garden because it was under six feet of snow, I kept busy in the kitchen. By the second year, uh, we had uh, developed a carrot cake recipe that matched the one that I, I was making. And it had to be as good as the one that I was selling because I was selling about 50 of them carrot cakes a week. And this one was perfect. So we renovated the kitchen and turned the house 100% gluten-free. We went a little crazy with the canning, and now I was picking up my jars by the truckload and just stacking them in the corner of my dining room, about 10 feet tall, 10 foot square. It didn't make sense to bring the jars and the lids up to the second floor of the house where I was used to store them if I'm going to bring them all back down again to do the canning. And then that's how I worked. And then I, I found out after going through inventory, uh, receipts for my inventory, that I was doing about eight to 10,000 jars a year. And I have an addictive personality. And Every new recipe was was like uh, a gold nugget. Yeah. Recipes that I, I usually made stuff that was unusual. Stuff that nobody else would have on their tables. Um, uh, onion jam or a banana jam. Or um, one year I grew the hottest peppers in the world because I had uh, customers that said I really like hot peppers and I can't find anything hot enough for me so so that's fine but you had to use late uh, double layer latex gloves and have a face mask when you're when you were making them in case you got hit in the eye or hit in the face or touched any of the peppers while you were canning them but it was, you know what, when, when it, by the third year, I hit my groove. I, I realized what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. I realized that it wasn't anything personal. When I went to a new market, it took a while to uh, uh, develop your client base. It took a while for people to realize that a gluten-free, not all gluten-free food tastes like cardboard. It took hundreds. I must have paid an employee eight hours a week to cut up pieces of everything that I have and put them in, in separate containers and label them so that the new clients and our pre present clients could taste all the different items that we were making. To prove that Gluten-free food tasted good. And uh, we did an excellent... By the time I left, we were doing uh, an excellent job. I had found something that I was really good at. I enjoyed. I put in long hours to build a company. And then, you know, I was 
54. I've been doing that for three years already. We, I had just made a deal with an international online company to sell my products. And I was looking at uh, land and a building, and it was at the peak of uh, real estate in Alberta <clears throat> at that time. 2014, 2015, and there was, there was, there was nothing that I could afford and be able to maintain and have the space. I was already using 2,000 square feet, and it wasn't going to be big enough for what I needed, and I was going to be doing it on my own because uh, my husband and I were breaking up and getting divorced. And then I looked around and, and my, I don't know if it was my sister or my mother asking, well, did you ask your daughter if, if she wants a company? <clears throat> like here you are wor working and deciding maybe you're, you're going to close it and maybe your daughter wants a company. And I asked her and, and she said, mom, I'm never going to work as hard as you work. And that's what what was going to be needed to to get the company to the next stop. For all I was working, I didn't realize that nobody wanted the business. Nobody wanted to work as hard. It wasn't anybody else's goals. It was just my goal. And it was at the point that I was working from 4 in the morning to 11 at night, seven days a week. It was taking a toll on my health. I had employees, but they could only do so much. I could only pay them to do so much. Um, and I didn't want... At 54, I didn't want to work myself into the ground. I didn't want to kill myself for the purpose of something in the future. I wanted to get my health back. I wanted some free time. I've worked all my life. And I thought, you know what, I, I, I was losing the joy of what I was doing. I knew I was good at it, but I was losing the joy of, of, of what I was doing. And the purpose of what I was doing was because I found joy in it. I was able to provide something for people so that they, they had a lust for life again. Food is something that if you don't have allergies or, or problems with food, you take it for granted until it gets taken away from you. It's such a basic thing. So then I moved down. I decided I did the research and, and Panama was Panama was my country of choice. No dictatorship, no ongoing wars, American dollar relatively inexpensive health care uh, uh, and it seemed it, it was just a simpler way of life and now that I've been down here for almost six years I, I can't picture what I wanted was my life to be uncomplicated except for that almost two years that I had the bakery my life has been but the bakery was I was back to working 12, 14-hour days, seven days a week. That, that isn't why I moved down here. I had, hadn't gone to a beach in over a year. 
beach, the beach was 40 minutes away. And I could never find the time to do it. And that was one of the reasons I moved down here is I love water. The ocean, a lake, a river. I love water. I seem it grounds me. It gives me peace. It gives me joy. But I wasn't enjoying any of that because all I was working. So now closing the bakery. And here we are. Is we starting year two pandemic. The market's been open. Farmers market's been open since October. The last few weeks. We are starting to have sales like we had before. Um, I'm shipping twice a month to Panama City. Uh, my shipper is just starting to promote us in Boca del Toro, which is on the Caribbean side of Panama. And he's going to be going there every week. I've had customers come to the market and customers call me that I haven't seen in two years that want food starting to, to be brought to them or sold to them. So now it's, it's picking up. It's, it's getting busy. And it's at uh, the pace that I like. Four days a week, maybe five, I'm working. It's not well, Tuesday's a long day, but it's not going to kill me. It keeps me busy. It keeps my mind focused. Um, it makes me happy. It goes in a freezer. It goes in a cupboard. It goes like it, it's life is starting to get better again. And it's going to be including time to the beach. It's going to be including getting my hair done. It's going to be including going for my walks, doing my workouts. So, okay. That's my sister calling. So, Colleen Hunt, Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. Ciao.